0: I strongly believe that we're not meant to um, operate in this ro- world around people that look like us and act like that, act like us. We're, we're, we're not. You know, so if we're gonna be a, a country or be a world that's gonna that's gonna help each other and be successful and grow and prosper, you have to be able to work and survive in that environment.
1: Welcome to Beyond High Street. My name is Jenny Derrick, and I'm the Dean of the Farmer School of Business here at Miami University. Today, I'm joined by Sean Mans collins who graduated with two degrees from Miami, firstly a bachelor's degree in accountancy and finance back in 1998, and then an MBA in 2002. So welcome, Sean. Thank you for joining Beyond High Street podcast. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for having me my pleasure so we've got some very important questions to ask you at the top as our listeners know that we do weave through a range of topics so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit more learn more about your journey and your reflections along the way but the most important question is why did you choose miami in the first place (laughs) uh there are uh, multiple answers to that question um
0: I went to Miami on a basketball scholarship. So um, one of the things that I was looking for was an opportunity to continue to play a sport that I had played for many, many years, um, starting when I was, I think, maybe eight years old. Um, And I had made the decision that I would continue to play basketball going into college. Um, And so I had looked at a number of schools, but there were a few things that I really wanted. One, I didn't wanna be too far away from home. So I was from Bloomington, Indiana. I actually had the opportunity had could have gone to Indiana University also on a full basketball scholarship, but I thought it was important for me to leave Bloomington. I didn't want to be too far from Bloomington. So Miami, Ohio was only a couple of hours away, two and a half hour drive. It was going to be important for me to have my parents at my basketball games, especially my dad, because that's what I was used to in high school. They were very involved in our athletic careers. And I also had heard about Miami and there was at least one person that I knew of who had gone to Miami and I had spoke to him about Miami of Ohio because he was there. I think he'd been there for two years and he talked about how much he really enjoyed being um, being at Miami of Ohio. It was um, it had a lot of similarities in terms of uh, small town. Bloomington, Indiana is a small town. A lot of people don't even realize that there are people who actually live in Bloomington that do not go to Indiana University. And so I wanted something that was kind of familiar in that way, in that environment. Um, and then I knew that the the class size was real, was was pretty small. So um, so I had heard all these things. And then when I actually visited the campus, um, I really, the campus was beautiful. The distance was just right. And then I also knew that I was going to be an accounting major and I was going to go into finance. It was just something that I had already decided when I was in high school that I wanted to go in accounting. And I was told that Miami had, at the time, it was like the top 10 accounting school in the, pro, in the, in the nation. So um, so those, are the, those were the reasons why. Just great school, opportunity to have a full scholarship and not too far from home
1: and had a very similar environment to what I was used to. And for those who are listening, our accountancy program is to one of the top in the country. Just just, just a little update on that one. So talk to me about being a student athlete because we have many farmer school students who are student athletes across the sports. And as a mother of a a high performance athlete who swam in the SEC, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very familiar with the demands on the student athletes time. So talk to me about how you juggled your way through school, Mm -hmm. um, the ups and the downs along the way. Yeah,
0: you know it's not easy. Um, and I think that it's something that, um, the transition that you have to make going from high school to college is significant. And I think it's way more significant than what you even realize, and anyone even you know shares with you. Um, I you know when I was in high school, um, academics came very easy to me. It was not I did not have to study very very much. Um, and quite honestly, sports came relatively easy to me. Um, so you don't really um, if you're if you're someone like myself, you know, we're at high school, um, you're a natural athlete, things came very easily. In sports and in athletics, it is a totally different ball game when you get to college. And that mental, you're not mentally prepared for that a lot, you know, prepared for that. And so, um I think the one of the ways I was able to juggle is I really had a good a support network of people who knew that this was gonna be hard for me, especially for, you know, they did not have a lot of African-American women or black women who had played sports at Miami Ohio. Um, I was one of a, a very few. And so even that in itself was gonna create some additional challenges. And so you had this, the you know, you had a, a few people that said, hey, you know, let me, let me bring you over here for a second and let me help you understand what you're about to get yourself into. Um, and, and, um, and what I will tell you is that Miami, they don't give, if you're a student athlete, they don't give you a break, you know, they expect the same thing out of you out of someone who's not a student athlete, um, and I think that that's important, so it was very difficult, um, I you know you had to be mentally tough. And um, but you had to figure out how to to balance the commitments that you um, made as being an athlete, and also try to get your schoolwork done as well, um, even when you were exhausted after traveling to a game. You had to figure it out. But at the end, you you will be a much stronger person because of it, and it certainly prepares you for the outside world that you'll you, that you're going to be living in.
1: I love that, and I think you know I I think I always take my hat off to student athletes for the reasons you gave that there to do well as a student athlete means you are incredibly well organized and you've managed to juggle to your point a grueling training schedule and a tough academic schedule and to uh, re-quote what i know the athletic director is very proud of is that we graduate champions and and, and mm-hmm. really do. so you mentioned also um, being a woman of color now we know that miami of ohio uh, we don't uh, attract a very diverse student body, and and I think when you you made your comments before, there were very few uh, Black or African American women athletes, and, and then of course very few Black or African American students. And in fact, at the farmer school, this incoming class we only had 137 incoming class uh, students of color in the incoming class about 10 so can you share a little bit about your you know how that influenced your choice knowing that you would be very much a minority here on Mm. campus how it influenced your decision what you were fearful of and and how the experience was for you being here at Miami of Ohio
0: yeah, so for me, and, and I will preface this in saying that um, my experience is going to be very different from someone else who um, who also is a Black woman or a Black male. Um, where I grew up, going back to Bloomington, Indiana, I was used to, you know, being in an environment where there were only a few of us, and um, and even though there were only a few of us, we were all very close. You know, throughout high school, most of my closest friends were were other black females um, not to say that I didn't have friendships outside of that but those happened to be my closest ones we, ten, we connected um, on a lot of cultural things that we had that we had a lot of similarities with. Um, some of them had um, come from other cities who had, their, their parents had moved down to Bloomington Indiana because they wanted a better way of life they moved from Chicago where there was where they lived in areas where there was high crimes not very good schools and they moved to Bloomington for better jobs. And so I got to meet other um, other people who had a very different upbringing or had a de- very different life than I had with with two parents, both working and were able to provide very well for us. But we all were able to connect. Right. But I also had associates I wouldn't necessarily say good friendships but associates with a lot of with a lot of the students at my high school. So coming to Miami Ohio and then also being on a, a basketball team where most of my teammates were also um, women who were not black or you know white or actually they were they were white we, I, we still all got along like like sisters <laughs> you know we were still very close a lot of us are still close to this day. And we were able to celebrate and make fun of our cultural differences sometimes. I mean, some of the jokes we used to have was pretty comical, right? And you can, you can do that because you have that trusting relationship. When I came to Miami and I visited the campus, I think it was interesting. They actually had the person who hosted me wasn't even on the basketball team. She, she walked onto the basketball team her freshman year, decided that it was too much. was too much between basketball and being a student. But, they, they, but she was an African-American woman, so they still asked her to help with the recruiting. So they, we still want you to help with the recruiting, even though you're not on the basketball team anymore. So when I came to campus, I actually stayed with her. I didn't meet any of the other women on the basketball team, but she and I, I liked her. She she introduced me to other people who were also in the Black community at Miami, Ohio. I liked them as well. And even though I knew it was small, it was okay, because I still had something I had something it wasn't nothing there was something that I could de- identify with and I think that that's what's important I think that especially someone who comes from a background that's very different where they are they go to a high school where they their the high school is majority black and then they come to Miami and they say whoa this is this is a shock right try to hold on to those people that you can identify with, they can identify with what you're going through, and they can help you get through it. And also emphasize how important it is for you to have that adversity and get through that adversity so that you can be successful in an environment that is going to be very different. You know, I strongly believe that we're not meant to um, operate in this world around people that look like us and act like that, act like us. we're, We're not. You know, so and if we're going to be a, a country or be a world that's going to that's going to help each other and be successful and grow and prosper, you have to be able to work and survive in that environment.
1: I love that, and it's so important for the students who are listening. You know, no matter the background, you've touched on one of the really important points that we live in in a diverse world, and it's on us to work together to understand the differences and and to to look at problems we're solving at work to stay focused on the workplace the best solutions come if we're willing to embrace different points of view. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's an important insight. So let me go talk about your, your career. So you've had just over 20 years, you had a 20 year anniversary. at Whoa, That was a moment. Um, yeah. so, so it wasn't your first job. So I'd love it if you could tell the listeners about your career journey culminating in what you currently do as Senior Vice President of Consumer Banking as a CFO. Um, so I'd love to hear hear the whole journey leading up to what you do now
0: yeah I always actually enjoy telling people about my first job because it's a I think it's a good story about um you know taking advantage of opportunities that are presented to you and and when you do those things that you might think that somebody's not looking or observing and they are and because you're you're doing things that um you challenge yourself and someone observes it, it could actually, that person may, will come to you and give you some advice that really will transcend your career. And that's really what happened to me. Okay. So I, my first job was at a, a, a company called Graphic Impressions and they were recently bought by Hallmark Cards. And I was there to help with doing their accounting. So I had accounting background, that I was there to help them do their accounting. And they also wanted me to do some project management work and do some training. So it was a little bit of a hodgepodge of all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and um, one thing that I have, it, to this day, I think we still have this issue. People who graduate from, it doesn't matter what school they come from, they still struggle. They don't, they're they not the best at Excel. I, I don't know why we haven't figured that one out, but, <laughs> but but while I was at, at, at this company, the operation manager, this was, it was a printing company, the operation manager had offered an X, to teach us an Excel class. So he was a he was certified operation manager. He was certified in teaching Excel. So he offered this for us. And so after work, after five o'clock, we would go to, you know twice a week, we would go to his class and he taught us how to use some of the basic principles in Excel. I mean, very basic, H lookups, V lookups, things that I still use today. And from that, I, took the initiative to build out a schedule of all of our equipment that we had in our plan. And we had a lot and we had a lot of invoices and we had a lot of leasing agreements and some of those agreements were getting ready to come up for expiration and we needed to make decisions as to whether we wanted to buy those those that equipment. Or do we want to continue to lease it or do we want to get new new equipment, but you couldn't do that if you didn't have any information. And I knew that that was something that the president at the time I would heard him in the hallway kind of talking about it. You didn't ask me to do anything with it but i decided that i was going to build this database this inventory and i took all the little excel skills that i learned and built i think a pretty nice database right that <laughs> that was very dynamic and i was i was so excited about it i went to the operations manager and i said hey look what i built look what i did look what i did look at this and if you change the date look what's going to happen all this other stuff and so You know, so he he said, wow, that's impressive. You know, and he just kind of left it at that. And I would say within about a week after, especially after we were done with the, um, we were close to being done with the Excel class and and he came to me and he said, Sean, you know, this place is too small for you. he said, your earnings potential is way higher. You have to leave. I would strongly recommend that you go back to school, you get your MBA and you pursue a corporate Life, (laughs) that this place is too small for you. You're much bigger than this place. Um, Now, at that time, I didn't think I was ever leaving Bloomington, Indiana, you know, that that's where I was gonna, you know, that's where I was gonna live my life. And when he said that, I thought, you know, maybe he's right. And, um, and then, you know, maybe I would say a month later, I decided that he was right. I realized that I need to do something bigger than what I was seeing around me. And I made the decision to apply to Miami, Ohio and go to their MBA program. And it really just took off from there.
1: I love it. And that explains why you did an MBA. <laughs> because yeah, <laughs> just... <laughs> so then from there, you, am I right that you did go to fifth third from the MBA? Is that right? Yes, yeah. I did. I did.
0: Um, so when I went back to school, that's when um, it was a tough time because that's when um, 9-11 had happened while I was in school. I'm dating myself, but it's okay. Um, you know, Enron in- had happened. So um There were a lot of uh, Miami students who had gotten offers to Anderson at the time, and they, all of a sudden, those offers got rescinded, right? So it was a very uncertain time when I, you know, when I was in school and getting ready to graduate. The job market was not that great. And so I had decided that, um, you know, so coming out of the MBA program, I didn't actually have a, a, a job at the time. So... Um, which was okay, you know, um, eventually something would come along. Um, but yeah, I went to a conference in Tennessee and put my resume out there to looking for a finance rotation. And I got a call back thinking that it was going to be a finance program. It was not, it was uh, it was through their, the, the time that the division name was Fifth Third Processing Solutions. It was their payment system. And they liked my resume because I had done training. I, they saw the accounting background, but they also saw the training background. And a lot of the work that you would be doing was training customers, so they liked that. Um, so I thought, you know what, this is a good chance for me to get my foot in the door. I'm not doing finance, but I'm doing something that taps into my skills. And who knows, maybe I, I'll, I'll pursue a different career um, and I'll tap into something that uh, that I will, I'll be able to really excel at. Now, as you see, I circled back to finance, but... <laughs>
1: And so as in looking at your, your visa, you've gone up through financial analyst route to uh, a business manager of the mortgage side of the business, and now yeah. you're running consumer banks. So talk a little bit about the role you have and some of the highlights of other roles too.
0: Yeah. Once I got into the finance division, um, and I and I actually made that connection with someone who I went to school with when I got my MBA. So I, you know, after a couple of years working in the position that I was in, I Reached out to someone to ask if there was an opening within the finance division because I really wanted to get in finance. Unfortunately, a position did come open. This individual remembered me from Miami of Ohio and was, in, uh, again, very impressed. You know, impressed with uh, my academic abilities while I was there getting my MBA. And um, and I it was interesting is that I had lunch, or no, it wasn't lunch. It was breakfast. I had breakfast. Um, so every interaction is an interview. So that's the one advice I would give anybody who's getting ready to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> from college uh, every interaction is a potential interview and i met with now the cfo of the bank i was having jamie leonard i was having breakfast with him and i was very i was very nervous i, I, I remember feeling nervous at the time um, didn't i don't even remember what i said i didn't say very much but at the end of the breakfast um, we all you know i went back to my desk and and then uh, the next day they sent me an email saying, hey, when can you start?
1: <laughs> I love it. That's really cool. And so when did you start?
0: <laughs> you right. Yeah. So then I, so then I ended up, I, I, I started my first true finance role as a financial analyst in our commercial division. And I did that for a couple of years. And I kind of, I, uh, I then went to our, our financial planning and analysis group. Um, where Jamie had become the the director in that area. Uh, So my career kind of followed his for a little bit, just very, very shortly. And then after that, I realized that I needed to get back into supporting the line of business. Um, So I supported retail. um, I supported the mortgage division. As you know, it's a line of business CFO for the mortgage division. And then I became the director of financial planning analysis. And I actually only did that role. I did that role for a very short period of time. I only did it for a little over a year. And um, and just as I was feeling like I was getting it and I knew what I was doing and I had just got done meeting with the team and planning out what we were gonna do for the next year, what improvements we were gonna make. Um, he, my boss came, Jamie comes to me and says, hey, we're gonna have you do something. I want you to do something different. He said, I want you to be the consumer CFO. And I immediately was like, no, I just got, <laughs> I just figured out this job. So, but you know, but I, I had to step back and and I said, wait a minute, step back. What, think about what you're saying here, Sean. This is, you know, you you have the opportunity to be the consumer CFO for one of the top banks in the country and one of the top retail franchises in the com- country.
1: Um, all right, step back. I, to I say that <laughs> It's probably a yes. <laughs> so, so as much as you want to share, I understand you're the mother of some beautiful children. So, so um, talk to us about how you've managed to juggle that
0: <laughs> yeah you know and when people ask me that question the first thing I say is look don't look at my life and think that man if she can do what I can do it right because I have a different support network in my husband I have a very different support network my husband. he plays a very key role in um taking care of our kids and being there for them. Now, usually when I get home, he's like, okay, it's your turn, I'm off the clock, right? But, um, and we try to share that responsibility as much as we can, but he does carry um, more of the burden. Um, but, you know, it, it is difficult. I think one of the important things that that as women you have to do is you, you really do have to be transparent and honest with your managers and those around you around you know, what, is, what it's going to take for you to be successful and what do you want, you know, because you can do it. You can do it with the right support around you, but realize that there's going to be sacrifices and it's going to be hard. Um, you know, I was listening, We there was a TED Talks and I wish I knew the name of it and I'll certainly share it with you uh, if I can find it, where the, the the lady, the woman talked about the fact that, um, you know, there was this notion that a lot of women, choose to uh, get out of, uh, of the car- the careers that they're pursuing um, because of work-life uh, balance or because they're pursuing a career that um, is just not going to work when, when they decide to have children right when when the when the reality is the truth is because they don't see themselves up there they don't see women in that leadership role right and that's why they make the decision to you know say hey if I don't if it's not worth it for me when I don't see myself up there and I'm taking away from my children make it worth it for me and then I'll go for it right it is
1: such good advice for our students who are listening who are challenged by this very thing because we still hear among our students a preference to pursue some careers over others because they can't imagine how possibly you could juggle a family so the advice you're giving is you know, A, it's on us as leaders to showcase role models, but for the students themselves to be pioneers, to pursue the career that they want, exactly. and to work with their supervisor to make it work.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And that's the only way it's going to get better is you have to just, you have, you have to pursue it. You have to be, you have, you know, if you're going to be the first, be the first, but we need a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and it needs to keep going. And as women, we have to also then lift other women up. You know, we can't, what we, what we can't do as women is we can't say, well, you know what? I had to work hard at this. So you're gonna to have to do what I do. No, 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 no. Make it easier for that woman behind you. That's Try so to make correct. it easier. Be more you, you now can be understanding and empathetic and help them navigate that work-life balance. I mean, I have women that work for me who are, you know, they they are the main caretaker for their children and they have young children right but I don't expect them to be able to manage that the same way I can because we have
1: a different support network it's such good advice I'm so good for us students listening to this thank you (laughs) so so now we're going to switch gears and go for a trip down memory lane and and before we hit record you said what you you expect me to remember (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll go easy on you so so a quick fire set of questions really as we get through memory lane so when you look back on your time at Miami who was your favorite professor why? You know, I'm terrible with names.
0: This is what's hard. I, there was a finance professor. I loved, I just, uh, Dr. Watts, Dr. Watts, I believe is his name. I, and unfortunately he had passed away from cancer. Um, I believe that's his name. I really, I really liked him. Most of my finance, and this is why I went ended up in finance because I really enjoyed my finance professors. Um, now MBA, Dr. Leonard and Dr. Scholl, um, those were two that I really, really enjoyed working with, and Dr. Khan.
1: Okay, so I do remember MBA. So those were my favorite now, guys. no names, but what subject did you least enjoy? Did I least enjoy? Oh, definitely.
0: There was an accounting course. Oh, it was, they talked a lot about pension plans,
1: and... <laughs> it wasn't that, that course no 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 <laughs> yeah. so, so of course you're, you're a student athlete so you're very involved in basketball did you have time to do anything else co-curricular not really no yeah. not really and, that, and you know what and that's okay I think that um
0: what we all learn very quickly is that um there's going to be time periods where you have to be highly focused on the things that are most important and you're not going to be able to do everything. Do I wish I would have done more? I, you know, I'll, I'll, another interesting story. I wanted to join a sorority. I wanted to join the Delta Sorority. And me and my 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 roommate, um, another also another uh, uh, black female, we went to the first uh, like. Um, introduction meeting just so you can learn about the sorority and um and they said you know what there's going to be times where we will call you at you know four or five o'clock in the morning and you're gonna to have to bring us something to eat you know so that was you know and so you know so me and my friend we looked at each other and we said well I guess uh I guess this won't this, we won't you know we won't be joining <laughs> but we realize now that they would have worked with us, but they were just saying whatever they could to scare us. Um, but it worked, it worked. And, um, and so I, that was the one thing, that's the one regret that I do have. I, I really didn't want to join a sorority Delta specifically, but, but it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. What
1: was your yeah. favorite time of the day for class? So you're a morning person or a, a not so much?
0: Um, most of my classes were actually in the morning. So I usually would have, sometimes we would have a shooting workout early in the morning, and then practice was usually could start as early as. Four or as late as seven, so most of our classes were were earlier in the day. They had to be to match up with the. the And
1: I really, so I ask everyone this question. Of course, when you're an athlete, you don't really have a choice. Yeah, you don't really get a choice (laughs) (laughs) because there's training and there's games. Right, yeah, you don't really get a choice. That's right. Did you have a favorite night of the week while you're at Miami? Again, um, as an athlete, that
0: might um, Probably Sunday, because usually on Sunday, you, do, you know, no classes, no basketball, no practice. So pro- Sunday was probably my favorite day of the week.
1: That's so funny. Did you intern at all while you were at Miami? Did you have time to intern? I,
0: you know, I did not, um, a regret, I would say, definitely a regret, um, because I could have, I could have, but I just wanted to just have a break, you know, and now you see, especially um, when we're hiring, a lot, you know, we those internships really definitely they give you a leg up, you know, when you can show somebody what you're capable of doing um, in a very short period of time, and if you're successful at that, you're, you know, a lot of times you're almost guaranteed a job if that company is still hiring. So that's probably my that was definitely a regret for me to not intern, but I had made the decision to just try to relax and enjoy enjoy my summer, and you know, I'd have to work out and I would stay yeah, uh, have to stay conditioned, but. Um, I did not intern. And I
1: think for student athletes who are listening, we often think about internships for our athletes and realize the schedule through summer can prohibit uh, mm-hmm. internships. but the good news for any student who's listening to this podcast is that many companies will now do virtual internships too and, and there are yeah. pros, there are pros and cons to that. we understand but we're really grateful that we hear there are more flexible options for getting experience and exposure as students are marching toward graduation. Do you remember yeah. where you lived in your freshman year the dorm? Um, Morris Hall. Well. And what about off campus? Do you remember the address? I of- did
0: not live off campus. Oh, we said- never lived off. Yeah, you weren't allowed to live off campus while I was at Miami. All student athletes had to stay on oh, campus. campus. There mm-hmm. were there are a couple of people that figured out a way to bypass the rules, but
1: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that, but it does make sense. At
0: the time, we were yeah, yeah.
1: So what? What's your favorite building on campus? Not uptown, but on campus.
0: Uh, I mean, we spent a lot of time, I would say at Shriver Hall. I, I have a lot of just because that was just the area where people will kind of come together every now and then. So that one always comes to mind. Also, they just completed the new recreational facility when I got there. Um, The one that is, uh, I, I think it, it is still on the south side of Miami yeah. campus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so true. So that that recreational facility had just um, they just finished building it when we got there. And so since I was in Morris Hall, we weren't my freshman year. We weren't that far away from that recreational center. So I remember having a lot of fun times over there as well.
1: What's your most um, memorable personal experience while you're at Miami of Ohio?
0: Um, personal experience, you know, I, I you know, I think that there are two people that always, when I think of Miami, that always come to my mind, and that is Dr. Um, Cox and um, Coach Coles, Charlie Coles. And um, so when I think of Miami, I oftentimes think of them and those, you know, how I told you earlier, yeah, there were a couple of people that kind of came to me and to my roommate and said, hey, you know, come in, let us, let's pull you in a little bit, give you a hug and help you understand why, what you're doing. And if you get through it, why it's going to be so important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and so they really, they wanted to look out for us They and, and they would invite us to their dinners you know so coach Coles when he became the head coach of the men's basketball team he would have these dinners and he would invite me and my roommate and we would go to those sometimes go to those dinners and the the men on the basketball team would say like wait a minute what are they doing here what are they doing here Mm -hmm. and um and so you know so I I think about that I think about those those two often because they Mm -hmm. they I think that um, if they weren't there, it had been, I, I don't know if I would have gotten through That's
1: fair. That's the four fair. years if they weren't there. Is, is, is there a class that you wish you'd taken that you have regret about not taking while you're at Miami? I don't think so. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I I had, I took uh anthropology as my
0: thematic sequence. So I try to diversify a little bit in terms of my yeah. coursework.
1: So as we come up to the last, the very last part of the, the podcast, uh, the advice to students and recent graduates who might be listening. So what I want you to do is separate this into two parts. Part one is advice for incoming first years, and part two is advice for people who have recently started their career. What advice would you give both of those groups?
0: Oh man, um, first time students, I would say just, um, I really, I would give it a, your all, whether you're a student athlete or just a student, try to make the most of this experience. Um, if the pressure is too much, you know, talk about it, reach out to other people, find that network, that support network that you need, um, and, and realize that the, the information that you're learning, it really is about strengthening your mind, strengthening who you are as a person. Think about it as a journey. Um, and I think that if you just come in and just change your mindset of what you are doing, um, it will help you get through this, you know, it will help you get through the tough times, right? Um, and it's just a great opportunity, quite honestly. I think sometimes we forget that, that everything around you whether it's the trees the leaves the the being in a, in, a, in a dorm room having you know this great environment around you there are other people who would dream to have that they would love to have that right um so try to get the most out of it and then for those people who are coming into um their careers i think what's important is that you're gonna you know in in college you know you're with students and you're with a lot of people who are dealing with things, dealing with very similar things, right? We're all, we're all students. We're dealing with whether it was whether you were dealing with the pandemic or whether you're dealing or you're, you're, you're generationally in the same place, generationally. You go to corporate world, you are not in the same generational place as a lot of the people that you're working with. And while organizations have to do work to kind of bridge that gap, of understanding that, hey, the, the, the those who are graduating and joining the workforce are going to be very different than the leaders sometimes, especially when you think about an organization like, um, you know, in the banking industry, right, where you have um, presidents and CFOs of those organizations, they've been around for a long time, and they just, they have a very different cultural um, background or a de- very different view and opinion on how we do things, whether it's working from home or how progressive do you want to be when it comes to working from home, all those different things. And so you're coming into this very diverse environment, not just culturally age gaps, all these things. And you're going to have to figure out how to adapt and you have to understand what the culture is in that organization.
1: That's that's great advice. That's a good moment for the students to think about. I'm going to throw one more perspective question or advice (laughs) question. So imagine, a prospective student, a student of color, is listening to this podcast, what advice would you give them as they're making college decisions, especially knowing that we do not have as diverse a student body as we would like?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I think that if we're talking about Miami specifically, I think, uh, you know, my advice would be that, you know, you need education is the most important thing, you know, and that has to be um, the one thing that you're gonna be factoring into your decision when you think about what school you wanna go to. And you know that you're gonna get that from Miami, Ohio. Everything else you are going to deal with, um, you're going to, it's going to challenge you in a way that's just gonna make you a better person, that truly is gonna make you a better person and 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 if you come in with the right mindset you can be very successful and 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 you know and, and and it gives other people that an opportunity to learn more about other people who are like you and so um you know no one wants to feel like they're the test of any experiment right they don't want to feel like that and but you don't have to it doesn't have to be that it doesn't have to be that um you're going to be it's going to be much bigger than that right and so my view is that um, you're you're taking the bigger risk. Obviously, in this, you're taking the bigger risk but uh, you're going to get a great education if you pursue it.
1: I love that. It's such a good reminder that we we do offer, to your point, an incredible education and we have an amazing outcome data to support the quality of the education and the experience here as well when we look at our placement rates and the types of jobs that our students have access to. So I think it's a great reminder. So as we close, I want to thank you so much, Sean, for the gift of your time to allow me to record this wonderful podcast. One defining characteristic of the the school is just how engaged our alumni are how willing they are to continue to to continue (laughs) mean, getting tongue tied to find ways to support the school our students our faculty our staff and other alumni so thank you sean and go well as you continue in your journey beyond high street thank you